It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Garrett Sisti here. I just want to give you a little message up front before we start this podcast. We recorded this podcast Monday night, which was the night of the first day of legal tampering, and we came up with these lists before anybody was signed. Now, as we're releasing this on Tuesday morning, some of the players on both my list and Jamie's list have already been signed, so we are aware of that. It just so happened that the players got snatched up before we get this podcast out, so... We're aware, but there are still a lot of players on this list that have not been signed yet. So listen in. Enjoy it. Love you all. This is the Lightning Round Podcast. With your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Hey everybody, welcome to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am Garrett Sisti, which is at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. Jamie Hoyle is here. He is at Lightning underscore round. And we are going to talk about free agency and some of the moves the Chargers made this offseason internally. And we'll talk about some moves we'd like them to make on external free agents, some that haven't been signed yet. And we'll go over all that. But first, we got some donations. So the first donation is from Michael Lawson. Thank you very much for the generous donation, Michael. We appreciate it. Yep, thank you, Michael. Uh, next is Junius Lim, who says, Here's to no more a die. He can, quote-unquote, hit free agency. Very good, Junius. Thank you very much. And the last one is from Antonio Stevens, who says, Solid off-season work as usual, guys. What kind of beers do you buy with all your beer money? You got a favorite beer you're drinking right now? Um, normally when I'm drinking beer, I like the craft stuff. I'm, I'm big on the belching beaver, um, uh, peanut, the butter, peanut butter stout. Yeah. yeah. Still going with it. Yeah. I've been going with that. Uh, I still drink that Tony Gwynn beer, the 394, cause I just love it. But, um, a lot of Lagunitas recently for whatever reason, but, uh, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Michael, Junius, Antonio for donating. And now we got a call. 
And we got a question, so let's hear it. It's from Daniel. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Garrett. My name is Daniel Paler, and I am calling in from Washington, D.C. So first off, thank you so much for the podcast. I've been an avid Chargers fan since I was Liam's age, but even so, I've learned so much about the team through Lightning Round that it just adds a whole new layer. So thank you. For my question, I wanted to throw out a rather bold statement and just see what your reactions are to it. The statement is, the Chargers must address offensive line in rounds one or two of the draft. Now, I agree that you have to balance team need with who's on the board, and I agree with your assessment that there are a number of cool places the Chargers could go in the first round, but when I look at the limited free agent market for offensive linemen, and for tackles especially, I don't know that anything scares me more with this team than the idea of them going into 2019 with the same starting five, allowing Rivers to get thrown off his game. Anyways, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Garrett. Let me know what you think about that, and go Bolts. So, Daniel, um, I think that's a very astute observation. I think I'm kind of, as I'm seeing how free agency is unfolding and how guys like Trent Brown and Jawan James are getting paid, uh, I think that's how things are kind of leaning towards the char- for the Chargers. I think they're they're going to build their off their off season around putting themselves in a position to take an offensive tackle probably in the first round. I think that was probably always the plan, but I think it's just been kind of reaffirmed by how these guys are getting way overpaid in free agency. So I I think I'm fully expecting an offensive tackle in the first round. I think whether it's the fourth best offensive tackle or the seventh best offensive tackle. It's arguably the biggest need on the roster right now, and Tom Telesco always goes for the biggest need. He has a habit of alternating between offense and defense. So last year it was offense. Defense. Or Sorry, last year it was defense, getting Derwin James. <clears throat> this year I think it's going to be offensive tackle. I think he's going to try to plug some of those defensive holes in free agency. And as these offensive tackles are getting signed, I think some of the top tackles, some of the top four or five guys are starting to slide down boards a little bit as teams fill needs. So I think it's setting up well for them to get a, get a tackle and hopefully get a good one and not get stuck with one of the lower level first round picks, but get somebody who might've been expected to go a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree. This offensive line free agent market stunk from the beginning and it still stinks even when you know day one is almost over so uh it was never anything special and i i was hoping the chargers wouldn't go tackle and you know obviously right tackle is an immediate need left tackle probably sooner rather than later i think you're probably right i also assume it'd be offensive tackle in the first round in round one or two is probably a good bet it's probably the favorite uh have to Probably have to, at least in day one or two, I guess you can make an argument that right tackle might be easier to find than a left tackle. Uh, so maybe you can push to the third round, but I, I think that's probably the way to go, you know, uh, first or second round. We got to see what happens after the dust settles, after free agency happens. But, I mean, taking in a tackle early in the draft is by far the heavy favorite because uh, you look at uh, the free agent market right now for d- uh, defenders, which we're going to talk about, uh, defensive tackle still has uh, a, a couple good names there. Safety is obviously probably the uh, heaviest market with the most talent. So the Chargers could get themselves a defensive tackle and a safety, a free safety in free agency. And there's a, a couple good 
I heard this defensive tackle class is pretty good. We haven't got to it yet in our draft podcast, but uh, also an option to go later on. So, you know, it's kind of fallen into place that a tackle is probably going to go early for the Chargers this year in the draft. Yeah, and you kind of hinted at something that I've been talking about all offseason, which is, you know, they're going to need to replace Russell Okung probably sooner rather than later. So I would not be the least bit surprised if we see two tackles taken in the first four rounds this year, um, just trying to get ahead of the curve and fill a future need with a developmental guy that they can kind of stash behind Okung. I think that's a very real possibility. Yeah, it's kind of like what they did uh, in this past draft when they drafted two line Ochenna Nwosu and then Kaiser White, two linebackers. They knew they needed to replace Kyle Emanuel sooner rather than later. Perryman is going to need an eventual replacement, so they got Kaiser White. So they could definitely do that and draft two tackles. So before we get into free agency, let's talk about some of the moves that the Chargers made. Because we were kind of knee-deep in these draft profiles on the podcast, uh, we didn't get to all the cuts that happened uh, in the offseason so far. So let's first talk about cuts, and we'll talk about uh, some re-signings and then a tender that happened today. Corey Legia got cut. Uh, they uh, declined his contract option, made him a free agent. Uh, he was set to make $9.5 million in 2019. It cost the team $1.5 million, and they saved $8 million in the process. Uh, these two guys were names we actually suggested in the internal free agent podcast. Yeah, Um we, you know, we talked about Legit being the most likely guy to get cut. We thought there was maybe a chance they might get cold feet, depending on what happened with Phylon and Square and Mebane. But he was always the guy that we looked at and said it makes the most sense. It's the easiest move to make. You can't keep paying him nine and a half million. They made that move, and we talked about Jalil Adai. We said we weren't sure it was going to happen because they keep talking about how much they love him and how he's a leader and a tone setter and all that garbage. And then what do we find out this weekend? Hallelujah, they cut his ass. <laughs> so <laughs> Jaleel is on the free agent market. The Chargers, I think, saved themselves $5 million, if I'm not mistaken, yep. against the cap while eating about a million and a half or a million and a quarter, something along those lines. So big savings. I think that pushed their um, their cap space from like $21 million to $26 million, somewhere in that range. Uh, so it was a move that everybody knew they had to make. But everybody wasn't sure they would make. I think them bringing back Jalen Watkins, which we'll talk about here in a minute, kind of buried the lead there. But bringing him back helped. Being able to get a look at uh, at Rayshon Jenkins at free safety in the playoffs, I think that helped. So they they have their options there, and there are some some nice options on the free agent market, which I help I think helped make that transition a little bit easier, make that decision a little bit easier. So. Goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Jaleel. Just one more cut to go. Yep, <laughs> exactly. To, <laughs> not just because it would make us right, but because it's the right move to make. But also because it would make yeah, us right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, we kind of talked about it on the internal uh, free agent podcast, but it was the right move to make. You know, uh, Legia played better than he had in years past, but the team was much better with Darius Phylon as the three-tech, and, you know, they obviously drafted Justin Jones in the third round. Phylon is still a free agent, so uh, we'll see about that. But cutting Legion was the right call. Uh, you're right. I don't think anybody thought they would make this move. Uh, <laughs> we all thought Jaleel Adai was untouchable. But, you know, they saved the $5 million, 
And he's an easy target, Jalil Adias. And uh, we've obviously took, taken our swings here on this podcast, no doubt about that. But, you know, logistically, he was just out of place on this team. You know, he was so much better in 17 when he was close to the line of scrimmage. They draft Derwin James, who is just worlds better than Jalil Adias will ever be. And so they move him close to the line of scrimmage. They tried to play him at free safety. didn't work. They tried that linebacker spot a couple times. It didn't work. It just didn't have a spot on this roster anymore, and it was the move the team had to make, and they did. So I applaud them. Um, you know, we probably could have told you he wasn't going to be any good playing center field, but we did. Regardless, actually. we did. Yeah, we, <laughs> we did when they tried to, uh, you know, force that round peg in a square hole. But uh, listen, it opens the door for a free safety, which the Chargers obviously are going to need this offseason. Again, we mentioned it. Uh, there were some nice names we mentioned on the podcast, uh, the safety podcast and the draft we liked in the first round, but there are also some very good free agent free safeties still left on the board. So uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit. So let's talk about the signings. Of course, uh, the big one being the Chargers re-signing the linebacker Denzel Perryman. Two years, $12 million, and this is a deal that is uh, very Charger-friendly, very team-friendly, Built like a one-year deal. Team put most of their bonuses in 2020. Uh, kind of able to prove it this coming season for Perryman. They can cut him after year two. They save $6.5 million in year two. We were kind of split here on the internal podcast. I thought they would re-sign Perryman. You didn't. They ended up doing it, and man, what a great deal they got for him. I thought they'd re-sign him, but I thought he'd, they'd let him test the market and he'd find a bit. Mm. I thought they'd try to re-sign him, but I figured he'd test the, remar- the market and find something better out there. As it turns out, they didn't let him get to the market. Um, I've, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I think it's a great deal. It's structured very well. I, I, I think, you know, kind of throwing money at him, hoping that they're going to get different results from a guy who's never healthy is not the way that I would have gone. But uh, I know they love his leadership. I know they value him as a run stuffer, a run stuffer, excuse me. Um, and, you know, I, I think it, I think it works out. I think the deal eventually works out because they can get out of it after year one if he's not healthy. And obviously he's an important part of the defense. They value him in that way. So to be able to get him on a two-year deal, not make a huge commitment in terms of guaranteed money uh, or really in terms of total value and, and have that ripcord, I, you know, I don't think they could have done much better than they did. So good job by Telesco. If there's one strength he, he's always had, it's structuring those deals, finding really assigning proper value and figuring out a way to get out of it without really hurting the team financially. So a very well negotiated deal. Coupon God strikes again. Um, you know, Perriman's back and hopefully he will be healthy and help that run defense. Yeah, he's got something to play for. But, yeah, they, they hit it on the nose here with this structure of this deal. We were both personally split on bringing Perryman back. You know, we we saw the pros and cons, but, you know, we've seen enough of Perryman to kind of know what he is. And, you know, expecting a different result, like you said, is um, maybe a little far-fetched. But they got their guy in a uh, very team-friendly deal. And uh, this is definitely not going to stop the Chargers for bringing in another linebacker because this deal means, you know, it's a short-term option. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how Perryman does and maybe he proves the team right and they can re-sign him and he can stay healthy for the next two years. But, uh, they'll definitely be looking for another linebacker, whether it's in free agency or the draft. And, you know, maybe a deal that they 
felt they had to make because uh, as of now, they don't have a deal done with Adrian Phillips, uh, not even talk of anything uh, being done or even being close. Uh, Jatavis Brown is still an unknown. Uh, Kaiser White was injured his first year, uh, mostly a safety, but now playing linebacker. So maybe they felt like if we don't sign Perryman, then we're going to have to go out and get another linebacker free agency and the draft. And maybe that was too many pieces. So they, they needed to get somebody on the roster and they got Perryman, who was a, a, a leader on defense and uh, a guy they love in the locker room. Yeah. You know, they, they val- they've always valued continuity and stability. And uh, they wanted that stability and continuity in the middle of the defense. He's their signal caller. He's the emotional leader of the defense, whether he's on the field or not. Um, I question whether or not he's the best linebacker on the team. I don't think he is. I think that that title goes to Adrian Phillips, uh, who hopefully they will find a deal for here very soon. Uh, But, you know, like I said, it's a minimal, it's a low risk, potentially high reward with that deal. So hard hard to be upset with them bringing him back the way they did. I was afraid they were going to overextend themselves, get into a long-term deal, give them big-time guaranteed money, and really hurt themselves. But they stayed away from that, so that's good. Yep, agreed. Uh, So then the next one is the name you uh, mentioned a little bit earlier. It's DB Jalen Watkins. They signed Watkins to a one-year $895,000 deal. And Watkins is a guy who was in competition for the free safety job last year before he got hurt in, I believe, the second preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was getting rave reviews. They were really excited about what he was doing in, in practice during training camp. And then, of course, he hurt his knee and, and they lost him for the season. So we talked about them bringing him back. We thought it was, you know, low risk, potentially high reward. He can contribute on special teams, maybe create some competition at free safety. We didn't really think that he would be a guy who was likely to force Jalila die off the field. But now, based on the way the roster is constructed, it looks like he and Rayshon Jenkins will be competing for that starting free safety spot, barring an addition through free agency or the draft. And you would have to think that he might kind of have the inside track on that job based on the way he played last off last um, training camp and early in preseason. It seems like he might be a guy who's slotted for some snaps in that role, again, barring any additions in free agency or the draft. So another smart move, you know, Less than $900,000 to sign him. Very minimal guaranteed money. Uh, special teams player, at, at the very least, good depth. He can play nickel. He can play corner. He can play safety. Another versatile piece they can move around in their you know dime-heavy defensive scheme. So uh, he's a good fit. And we'll see what happens here in free agency in the draft. But he, like I said, he might be in line for some snaps at free safety. Yeah, an obvious hole on the Chargers roster. He's free safety depth, and like you mentioned, he can play uh, every DB spot. He can play both safety spots. He can play corner, and uh, he was a standout special teamer in Philadelphia. So, you know, uh, nothing really to lose here. Uh, You've got some free safety depth. You know, maybe he does push Rayshon Jenkins, and he becomes a starting free safety. In that case, you got a real high reward. But, um, you know, nothing hurt here and uh, a good depth signing. In free agency. So the next guy here and the last signing the Chargers have done internally is the wide receiver Artavis Scott. Uh, Scott signed for one year $495,000. Artavis had a really good camp and preseason last year before he went down on that brutal injury in the last game of the preseason. Uh, He was on his way to be the wide receiver five, uh, beating out potentially both um, Jeremy Davis and Dylan Cantrell in that role out of camp. 
you know, with the uncertainty, it looks like the Chargers won't be re-signing Tyrell Williams. And if things go the way we hope they do, maybe another wide receiver on the roster may not be have a future on this team. So, you know, having some wide receiver depth in camp will be needed. And another guy who's a low risk, maybe at worst, you know, some wide receiver competition, but potential high reward. Yeah, um, you know, he was a guy who was a favorite target of all the quarterbacks in, in the preseason last year and in training camp. He was making lots of plays. Uh, seems like a guy who could be ticketed for a slot role, potentially good hands, good speed. He was contributing quite well on special teams as well, so he can, you know, be that two-way player for the team. And figure going into this, this offseason, he's probably got the inside track at the wide receiver four job potentially as high as wide receiver three if again they cut travis benjamin so low risk potentially high reward a guy who it seems like they're really high on and excited to get on the field and see if he can contribute both as a wide receiver on special teams so another another move that we both thought they'd make makes sense on paper makes sense on the field we'll see how it plays out and lastly, last move the Chargers have made is today they tendered cornerback Trevor Williams. They placed the original round tender on Williams. It's going to cost the Chargers a shade over $2 million. Uh, the team obviously can match any offer the Williams gets from other teams of free agency, but by all accounts it seems the Chargers will most likely retain Trevor Williams for another year. So we talked about this on the free or not free agency, but on the cut, restructure, and tag show at the beginning of the offseason season. I thought they'd do the original round tender. You thought second round. I could have seen it going either way, but I think the original round makes sense. Granted, if he signs somewhere else and they let him go, they're not going to get any compensation yep. because he was an undrafted free agent. Um, but you know, he had such a bad year last year, so banged up. It seems like they're probably going to be able to retain him on that original round tender. Um, and again, the very little cost, potentially high reward if he can come back and be a – CB4, CB5, forces way into the rotation somewhere, contribute on special teams, uh, a guy who could be at, at the very least an important, valuable death piece. So a good, a good kind of no-brainer move that we both thought they'd make. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, yeah. This was easy. An easy move. And uh, they did it. You know, I... I put the second round tender just so they could get something back in return and still retain him. But uh, if they if they lose out, he's gone. And you know, there's a possibility that we see the 2017 version of Trevor Williams, and he was just banged up last year, and he's the starting corner opposite Casey Hayward. 
Uh, at the very least, he's going to create competition for Michael Davis in that CB2 role as the uh, outside corner. Obviously, Dez playing inside, but uh, that's going to be a fun competition going into camp. I'm looking forward to that one. So uh, retaining Trevor Williams, uh, by all accounts, you know, hopefully they do. But uh, th- this was an easy move they make, uh, tendering Trevor Williams and uh, – uh, pr- we'll probably retain him for 2019. Yeah, I would think so. All right, so let's go ahead and go into our top five free agents. So what we did, uh, because today was the first day of free agency, recording this on Monday night, uh, a lot of players got signed. A lot of players got taken off the list. Uh, we're going to give you our top five free agents, uh, combining both offensive and defensive free agents. Uh, we'll work five to one uh, so we don't bury our uh, favorite free agents. So let's go ahead and start with five. And, uh, Jamie, who is your uh, fifth best free agent still on the market? So my my fifth best free agent still on the market based on team need and uh, fit and affordability and all that, I think my number five guy is Henry Anderson, the defensive lineman for the New York Jets. Um, he's a guy who can play end. He can play defensive tackle. He's 6'6", 300 pounds. He can play that three-tech. You might even be able to try him at the one tech in certain situations. He's not all that much smaller than Mebane was. Uh, and he even played, I think, some linebacker for the Jets. So maybe you could stick him out there and see if he can play some Sam. I doubt it, but it's worth a shot. He shouldn't be too terribly expensive. You know, I'm thinking he's still young. He's worth an investment to see if he can continue to, to improve his game. I think he had seven and a half sacks last year. Also played very well against the run. Uh, I've got him getting a three-year deal somewhere in the neighborhood of about $18 million with $8 million guaranteed. And I'm kind of modeling his deal after the one-year deal that Sheldon Richardson got last year and the deal that Bo Allen signed last year, kind of somewhere in the middle there. Okay, so I'll start with number five. And number five uh, was LaMarcus Joyner, and he got signed. And then I went, okay, well, i got to pick somebody else. And then it became Jawan James, the tackle that the Broncos just signed. So uh, number five is a real late addition here. Um, it was a safety, then became a tackle. It's a tackle again, and it's the Panthers tackle, Daryl Williams. Uh, when he was healthy in 17, he looked like a starter in the NFL, looked really good, but hasn't been healthy for three of the last four seasons as a pro. And because he hasn't been healthy, you know, Williams – will probably not cost much and won't get a long-term deal. So um, pretty good pass protector, uh, is all right in the run game, but he's definitely the best tackle left on the free agent market. Uh, at worst, he's a stopgap until they find their franchise right tackle, but um, he's got the potential to be a starter. Direct competition with Sam Tevy at right tackle. Give the Chargers a couple years before having to draft an offensive lineman if they want to. So I'm looking somewhere at a two-year deal. Uh, may about seven million a year, so about two years, fourteen million. You'd have to protect yourself in terms of an injury, uh, but could be worth a shot. One of those guys that's kind of a low cost, possible high reward. Looking at like a Joe Barksdale kind of range, like you know, above average. Uh, will fill fill a need for a couple years, but uh, not going to blow the door off here, and nobody's going to get uh, really really excited about it. But again, a late addition here. Uh, I put Daryl Williams as my number five. I'm at the point now with uh, Trent Brown and um, Jawan James being off the board and getting paid what they got paid that I am out on the tackle market in free agency, not interested at all. So I, I considered Williams. I've seen people talking about him. I just think that you're better off using some draft, cap, draft capital to go out and get a right tackle. So 
That's why I did not include Darrell Williams in my list. Yeah, he, again, late addition. Uh, wasn't going to add any offensive players, to be honest with you. Uh, that's my only offensive player. Uh, and number four is actually your five. My four is Henry Anderson from the Jets. Um, you know, didn't didn't quite live up to the height in Indianapolis, but uh, was traded the Jets, had the uh, career year, like you mentioned, seven sacks last season, uh, was the 12th most in pressures among interior defenders, was ranked among Sheldon Richardson and Dominic and Sue last year in terms of production. So, you know, they obviously have to improve the interior. Telesco wants an interior guy who can also rush the passer. Uh, Anderson can do that. He proved that last year. Uh, he's not going to come at a steep cost. I've got a five to six million dollar range, so we're in the ballpark. I gave him a um, three year, fifteen million dollar. Three year, eighteen is six million a year. Uh, Chargers get better inside. Uh, he's only twenty six, so that's great. Uh, and a, not a guy that's really proven enough that he would get a four to five year deal. So you're getting a, a, a shorter term, two to three year deal out of Henry Anderson. Uh, love the speed inside. Would uh, automatically upgrade the run defense. He's a grade A run stopper and uh, flashes the pass rusher last year. So he's number four for me. So who's number four for you? My number four is Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, recently cut by the Jaguars. I have, I just think, you know, he's that, the center fielder that they, they desperately need. He's a guy who played pretty well last year, but wasn't dominant or great. His productions kind of declined a little bit the last couple of years, but still a good football player, still a clear upgrade over Jalil Adai, still a guy with some ball skills and some range that I want back there. So, I kind of looked at Eric Reed's deal that he signed this offseason as a, as a kind of a comp, but Reed is a better football player, so less years for Tayshawn Gibson, kind of similar money. I've got three years, $19.5 million with $10 million guaranteed, and I'm looking at a ripcord after year two just to give yourself an out, but I think it's a minimal guarantee. It's uh, a short it's a you know kind of a medium term deal, not something that you're really hamstringing yourself if it doesn't work out. Uh, but I think you're getting an upgrade, you're getting a playmaker back there, and it changes the back end of the defense. So he's a guy who I think, you know, if you're looking at the way these safety deals are working out right now, you're seeing the top tier guys in that ten to fifteen million dollar range. Um, Lamarcus Joyner is said to have signed for about ten million dollars a year. He's kind of kind of round out the bottom part of the top tier. Kenny Vaccaro got about $6 million a year. He's probably somewhere around the bottom of the second or third tier. So Gibson, a little better than Vaccaro, more of a playmaker, kind of slotting him in in between Vaccaro and Joyner. And I think that's a, a good place for him and a good price and probably somebody the Chargers can wait on a little bit as the rest of these top-tier guys kind of fall fall to other teams and kind of slot him in for a little bit of a discount. Okay. All right, so uh, give me your number three. Uh, my number three is defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson. Um, Richardson is a guy that I'm really high on. I just think he's an ideal scheme fit. Uh, he was, again, kind of like uh, Gibson. He was good last year, but not dominant. He's good against the run. He's quick and explosive inside. He can play the one tech. He can play the three tech. You can even play him at base end and elephant packages if you want to. Um he gets you pass rush. He stops the run. He does everything you want an interior lineman to do. I'm kind of looking at that that deal that Malik Jackson reportedly is going to sign with the Eagles, something along those lines, just a step above what Jackson signed. So I'm looking at three years, $33 million 
with about 16 or $17 million guaranteed. He's a guy you probably don't desperately need a ripcord on, but I'd be looking to give yourself an out after year two just because he's getting up there around 30 and you want to kind of protect yourself. But it's not something that you'd be too worried about, I don't think, with him because he's been pretty steadily productive throughout his career. So Sheldon Richardson is my number three. Yeah, thought about Sheldon. He didn't make my top five um, just because of cost and age. But, uh, yeah, definitely a great scheme fit. Would would fit in perfectly for the Chargers. Uh, number three for me is a popular name. It's HaHa ha Clinton Dix from the Redskins, formerly the Redskins. He's a popular name, but uh, the only reason he's three is because, you know, I'm kind of weighing value and price here, and he's going to be a little bit pricey. Uh, we, like you talked about, we, we saw Landon Collins, Tyron Ma- Matthew, Marcus Joyner all signing these big deals, and uh, I think Clinton Dix is probably going to be the next tier of safety, or at least at the bottom, like right where Joyner signed. Uh, he had three interceptions in the last two years. Five picks and 16 where he made a Pro Bowl. He's 26 years old. Um, he might be looking for a five-year deal, but I think he might have to come down a little bit because he was traded last year. And then when he went to the Redskins, he didn't really do a lot. He wasn't all that productive. Uh, I'd give Clinton Dix you know, a three-, four-year deal. You're probably looking in the $9 million range, $8, 9000000 million. A little steep, but, I mean, if you're taking into account the championship window – Haha Clinton Dix covering the back end uh, would really improve the Chargers defense. So uh, number three for me is Haha Clinton Dix. So I'll go ahead and move on to number two. And uh, number two for me is the defensive tackle, formerly the Eagles, is Timmy Jernigan. Jernigan helped spark that Philly D in 17 during that Super Bowl run. Uh, had the back injury in the offseason, uh, cost him most of that season, but when he returned in the playoffs, uh, really made an impact, got a sack on that game. Uh, he signed a deal which was four-year, $48 million in Philadelphia last offseason, but the Eagles cut the court early, and they saved $13 million. What ended up happening was during the offseason, he had a back injury, which didn't happen on the football field. It was just some mysterious back injury that nobody really knew about, and that's when the Eagles were able to restructure the deal, and uh, they were able to get rid of him this year. But once Jernigan came back, man, that run defense for the Eagles uh, really came back They Average only 41 yards on the ground with Jernigan in the middle of that defense. Both Chris Long and Michael Bennett were talking about the whole playoff run was all because of Jernigan. He really sparked that defense. He brought fire and energy up front. If you're looking for an interior guy who's going to make the guys around them better, kind of like how we all had hoped Brandon Meebane would do in the last couple of years, I think this is your guy. He can get after the quarterback too. He's only 26. I think with the back issues, that might kind of scare some teams off. But uh, Jernigan says everything's good, and he looked good when he came back. So he might be looking in the two, three-year range for a contract. And uh, just so he can prove that the back is all good, I would give him about eight, eight mil a year. So we're talking three-year, $24 million. Give, Tim, give me Timmy Jernigan to play interior in that defensive front. I'm ready to roll, man. I like Jernigan. I'm a little worried about the back, but I like him. Uh, my number two is actually your number three, HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, we're in kind of the same ballpark here. I think he's going to command somewhere around $10 million. It's probably somewhere right around where uh, LaMarcus Joyner wound up. I agree with you. I think he's probably looking for five years. I would personally, I would give, because he's 26, I would give him a five-year deal, um, but I would structure it like a three-year deal. I'd get a ripcord after three maybe a second ripcord after four just to give myself some some coverage. But I'm looking at five years, somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million, about $28 million guaranteed. I would just go to him and say, hey, look, we love you. 
this is where we value at. We think we can win a title with you and Clinton Haha or with you and Derwin James tan you know, being a tandem at safety. Let's go put the put together the best safety tandem out there and let's go get this done. And I think, you know, having having Derwin there, having Melvin Ingram there, having Bosa there, I think that's a draw for a guy like Dix who's moved around a little bit, might be looking to settle down in a big market where he's appreciated. I think a lot of him kind of sliding under the radar is just because he was in Green Bay and you know he got shipped off to Washington where nobody's really watching him last year. He might have more eyeballs on him in, in LA and it might be, you know, more of a uh more of a uh, an attractive fit for him. So I would I would go that route. 5 years, 50 million, 28 guaranteed. Give yourself an out after year 3. See if you can get it done. Kind of structure it after that Harrison Smith type deal that Smith signed a couple years ago. Okay. This is it. We've both given our two. Give me your number one free agent for the Chargers this offseason. My number one free agent for the Chargers is K.J. Wright, the linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, man. Okay. I normally would not go after a guy who's about to be 30 years old and has had some injury issues, but Wright came back from his injury, played a really good game in the playoffs. He is a leader. He can play uh, both the Sam and the Will, probably a little better suited to be the Will. Uh, and I think you can get him on a pretty affordable two-year deal because he's probably looking at entering his last, his last, uh, you know, quote unquote, big NFL contract, maybe his last contract period, and he might be motivated to prove the Seattle Seahawks wrong because they didn't offer him uh, a long-term deal when his deal expired. So I see Wright as the will linebacker playing alongside Denzel Perriman. Uh, he's a big guy, six four. 250-ish. He's, he'd easily be the, the biggest linebacker on the roster. Uh, got the range. He can cover. He can defend the run. He, he just fits the bill. Uh, and he's familiar with the scheme. So I'm looking at two years, $17 million, with $9 million guaranteed. Give him a little raise over his last deal. Kind of structured over the deals that Avery Williamson and Demario Davis signed the last offseason. And you're looking at giving yourself an out after year one just in case. Uh, but hopefully he can hold up for two years and be kind of a you know a central plug in the middle of that defense. So let me talk to you then. If if he's playing Will, where we where is Kaiser White playing in 2019? I think Kaiser White's going to fill out. I think he can play middle linebacker. Um, maybe not in 2019, but as soon as 2020, maybe you rotate Kaiser in on dime packages um, to give Denzel a break. And kind of keep those both of those guys fresh, and ease them in. But I really think with his instincts and his range and coverage, I think he can play middle linebacker and be a very good one. Yeah, you know, KJ Wright was on my list, and then the Chargers signed Denzel Perryman, and I was thinking, well, where does he fit? And um, obviously, he's an upgrade, but you know, with the team. As much as they love Perryman, where would they stick him? So I, it's interesting that uh, you went with KJ Wright. Uh, obviously, a great player and would be an instant upgrade for the Chargers defense, especially in the middle where they need it. So, uh, good one. Uh, my number one was your number four is Tayshawn Gibson, <laughs> just because the talent and value of what Tayshawn brings. He might, you know, Clinton Dix might be the better player right now today, but. 
you know, he's one of the better free safeties, Gibson is. Uh, he's going to be a bargain at free agency. He's got 67 pass deflections over his career, 20 interceptions. Uh, he can really get his hands on some footballs. Uh, major range is a center fielder. Played 16 games the last three seasons. Uh, never played less than 10. He's durable. Uh, makes sense, too, because obviously the tie to Gus Bradley when he was the coach of the Jaguars. He brought Gibson uh, to Jacksonville. He's 28. So, um, like you mentioned, I, I would do like a three, maybe four year deal. Uh, and I just think Tayshawn Gibson would absolutely thrive in this defense, cleaning up in the back end, much like, uh, Clinton Dix would. Uh, I had three years, 18 million or maybe four twenty four, So we're in the exact same range there for Gibson. And, you know, if you're talking $6 million a year versus $10 million for Clinton Dix, you know, what's, what's the trade off there? You then have some more money to go after some other guys if you do sign Gibson only $6 million a year. So I think that would be a big bargain. That's why he's my number one with uh, true talent and would really propel this defense. But all these free agents are great. Telesco, go sign one of them. We know you're listening. <laughs> Just <so>. do something. <laughs> <laughs> go do something. All right. The dust is settled. Day one's over. Uh, we're glad you stepped back and didn't do anything because nobody wants to hand out any of those contracts that happened today. No. Even with all the good players that happened, I, I wouldn't give any of those contracts out. I mean, 14 million for Tyron Matthew, really? I don't, I don't yeah. think so. No. I mean, he's a good player, Wait. but no. Has anybody mentioned he wasn't very good last year? I don't feel like anybody's talking about that because <laughs> I, I ended up going back and watching him, and uh, he wasn't all that good. He wasn't the honey badger from the Cardinals, he's get, at least from what I saw. He's getting paid based on reputation and name value for sure. I mean, he he wasn't bad, but he is not— No, 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 no. He is not the ball hawk that people give him credit for being, that he looked like he was going to be coming out of college and that he was for the Cardinals. Yeah. For sure. But he's versatile. You can move him around. I mean, there's value there. But to be one of the highest paid safeties in the league, making $14 million, no thank you. Yeah. He, as much as he would have fit with the Chargers, not at that price. I was going to say Trent Brown's probably the worst contract we saw handed out oh on the first day of free agency. But Nick Foles might actually take that cake. There were some bad ones today. I mean, Foles, $50 million guaranteed. Uh, are they bringing Doug Peterson with them? Because if not, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the Raiders made a lot of uh, a lot of hefty moves today that weren't. I w- I wouldn't give Joiner ten million dollars, ten million a year. Nope. I'm I was I was more on the eight seven eight range. Yep. yep. Yeah. He that's <sighs> not worth it. And he didn't even. Yeah. He. I mean, he's not really the ball hawk that people think he is either. So I don't know. No. I don't. I don't know what these guys are doing. You know, uh, the, the Philadelphia Phillies talked about. Stupid money all off season when they were courting Manny Machado and and uh, Bryce Harper and I think <laughs> I think the Raiders took that to heart. And <laughs> they 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 threw some stupid money out there today for sure. Oh man, have they ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me ask you: if if the Chargers came out of free agency with having re-signed Adrian Phillips, having re-signed Darius Phylon. And let's say, for argument's sake, they signed Tayshawn Gibson and KJ Wright. Are you happy? I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I was happy after Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah, you throw in KJ Wright, and I'm ecstatic. Yeah, of course. I mean, they they have to re-sign Phillips and Phylon. I mean, they, unless they can find some upgrade, if they're going with like Timmy Jernigan over Phylon, then maybe that makes more sense, or Sheldon Richardson or something, maybe. But uh, getting re-signing Adrian Phillips is a must now. 
with Perryman, especially with that contract, uh, knowing that he's not a long-term answer. And then, you know, you throw in Tayshawn Gibson, and then you throw in K.J. Wright. Yeah, man, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> Would you be happy if they just signed Adrian Phillips and Darius Phylon? And then some, like, lower level, you know, like a, a tight end three and, uh, a, you know, another free safety depth. Mm. Would I be? I mean, I'd be happy with re, with. I would be happy that they were able to retain Phylon and Phillips, but I would not be happy with the offseason as a whole if that was all they did. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think there's got to be one. I think Phylon Phillips is fine. Like we're talking C level grade. There's got to be one move, just one. They got to. And I'm not saying like. Right? Yeah, I'm not saying Earl Thomas. I'm just saying a move. Yeah. Whether it's a KJ Wright, you know, one of these middle, we're not talking Nadamik and Sue or Earl Thomas. I'm just talking, you know, one of these moves that'll move the meat, uh, kind of move the needle a little bit more. Tayshawn Gibson, Timmy Jernigan, KJ Wright, you know, so, something mid level. Sheldon Richardson, I mean, that's maybe not as big of a name as he was when he first hit free agency, but, you know, still. Still worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, even let's just say, for example, they wound up re-signing their two guys, and then they got Wright, Gibson, and Henry Anderson. That'd be a hell of an offseason. And they could afford to do all that too. I know. Way. And they, <laughs> not that I'm endorsing this, but they could afford to do that without cutting Travis Benjamin. I'm not endorsing yeah. that. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. In fact, I'd rather they do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm endorsing the signings, but I'm not endorsing. Not cutting Travis Benjamin. I want to be clear. Cut Travis yeah. Benjamin. <laughs> cut Travis. Tom, cut Travis. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Let's end there. Tom, let's go cut Travis Benjamin, okay? That'll do it for us. <laughs> I'm at Garrett on Twitter. Jamie? At Lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>